You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Line of Scrimmage podcast presented by Tomahawk Nation. Check yourselves in here for the next 15-20 minutes as we chatted up with a member of the media from FSU's next opponent. My name is Tim Allenball and FSU now sits 3-0 coming off a thrilling cardiac type victory in Louisville. Up next, the Seminoles are back home hosting the Boston College Eagles. And to help our listeners get to know the Eagles just a little bit better, we have Curtis Flannery from our SB Nation sister night, sister night, sister site, BC Interruption. Curtis, how are you doing, man? Hey, Tim. Good to be here. Excited to talk about BC FSU. Yeah, uh, I was just talking to you a little bit before the podcast uh, to paint a picture because this is an audio-only podcast. Uh, Curtis is rocking his Boston Celtics hat. Uh, he is he is full-blown uh, Catholic Irish, and he is ready to rock and roll from from up north. He fits the stereotype, as he said. So I'm yeah, excited I'm a, about this. A regular Boston stereotype. No one better to cover uh, football up here in Boston. Well, not to go way off track to start us off, but I'm a huge Boston Red Sox fan. So maybe we'll talk about that at the end. And, and okay, sounds good. Commiserate in misery. Oh man! Uh, before the start of the season, several of us over there at Tomahawk Nation were kind of talking about the quarterback gauntlet that is the ACC, uh, specifically the Atlantic Division with several, several big time names there with with uh, Hartman and, and Leary and, and, and Djurkovic. And one of the quarterbacks that I really circled was Boston College's Phil Djurkovic, because, I mean, the kid really has the NFL frame that you want. And I, I think he's really got a chance to to play at the next level. But obviously, the season hasn't started out how Boston College fans had hoped. But he's still a pretty special player. What sets him apart from some of his QB peers? And where do you think there's still areas for him to improve? 
Yeah, sure. Well, um, I'd say the number one thing he's great at is uh, just standing tall in the pocket, uh, reacting to pressure, being able to get the ball out. Um, he's gotten some comparisons in the past to uh, fellow Pitts- Pittsburghian uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger, just because he's a big, big framed guy and able to uh, shed off tacklers. Um, fa- he makes it look easy. I'm sure it's not easy. Um, but that's something he really excels at. And then the short to intermediate passing game, he can really laser it in for his receivers. He has a special connection with tight ends, especially. Uh, He's really good at that stuff. Um, Where it comes to his struggles, uh, ever since he got injured last year, um, fans may remember he got injured in week two against UMass last year, was out for about seven or so weeks, and then came back. Uh, He injured his hand, and his grip strength and throwing accuracy on the long ball just hasn't been what it used to be. He's uh, missing receivers deep down the field, whether it's over their head or underthrown, um, a, a lot more often than he used to. Uh, we thought that'd be fixed for this season, but it still seems to be one of his struggles. So I'd say that's something to watch out for. Uh, but he can really do it all other than that. He's pretty good, and he has a real shot at being drafted in the NFL. Maybe not so high as we were hoping uh, a few seasons ago before his injury, but he does have a shot to play on Sundays. Yeah, Roethlisberger was definitely the name I was thinking of. Like, Djokovic has that ability to scramble. He doesn't, I think, quite have the the Roethlisberger-esque uh, scramble ability that he had, especially early on in his career. But just that size and to be able to shake off tackles, uh, I think it was last season Florida State had him dead to right several times in the backfield, and he just still either stood tall, made a pass, or got out of what seemed to be a, a sack there. But um. The, the next thing I want to go to, Curtis, is probably like a, a sore spot for you. And it's something that I think Florida State fans really relate to. And uh, it's the offensive line. Uh, the current offensive line situation kind of reminds me of where Florida State was a couple seasons ago, especially, I mean, even leading up to this season where we've had some injuries, but actually have depth for the first time. But uh, going into this season, I think uh, Boston College was replacing four out of five starters with the only starter being Christian Mahogany, who tore his ACL uh, in the spring. Uh, and then already to start off the season, uh, one offensive lineman is down, Klein with an ACL injury, I think. And then last week, uh, Ozzy uh, Trapilo, if I'm saying that right, was out also with injury. I don't know what if he's going to be back, but can you just kind of give a state of Boston College offensive line heading into Saturday's matchup? Yeah, BC's offensive line has really been the story of this year. Uh, BC was looking at possibly a seven or eight win season. Um, if things went well, they knew offensive line was going to be a weakness because, like you said, they lost four out of five starters from last year. And then once Mahogany went down, it was five out of five starters. There are only a few starts among the entire offensive line in week one. Um, but they came into the season thinking it would be a weakness, but not a kryptonite. But it has absolutely become a kryptonite. It's throwing the entire offense off their game, and it's creating it, making it impossible for them to win games because of it. They just can't establish a running game at all. They had, I think, three total rushing yards against Virginia Tech and 20-something against Rutgers. It's been an absolute disaster so far. And on top of that, like you said, Ozzie Trapillo got injured. Right now he's week to week, but... Um, I'm hearing that it might be longer than just a week or two. And then Jack Klein is a redshirt freshman who's out for the year. And because of that, we're now starting a preferred walk-on on the offensive line. It's just been a complete disaster. 
Um, and it's definitely going to be the biggest uh, problem for BC moving forward. So yeah, it hasn't gotten better heading into Saturday. It'll be just as bad as it's been all year. Where is the uh, preferred walk-on expected to start in, on the offensive line? Um, they mix it up every week. I'm not exactly sure. I think it's on the right side, but yeah, uh, they're, Halfley is really testing out what works, what doesn't. Um, it changes week to week because their personnel is just changing so often and so inexperienced. Well, it, it'll be interesting definitely because Florida State has struggled a little bit against the run. A lot of that having to deal with with running quarterbacks here in the first couple of games, but it'll be interesting to see how Florida State can do against uh, a depleted line and what should be Boston College's weakness. Uh, turning from the weak part of the offense to the strength of the offense, I think most listeners are familiar with uh, wide receiver Zay Flowers, who is pretty much everything for Boston College. Last year, running back uh, Pat Garwo uh, broke a 1,000 yards for the Eagles. Uh, hasn't had the success so far this season, mainly because of the offensive line. But is the entire offense just Djurkovic and Flowers uh, and then everybody else? Or are there other names that people need to make note of when it comes to the, uh, the offensive threats or targets for uh, Boston College. Yeah, there are some real threats there on the offense, which is especially uh, sad considering this day of the offensive line, because otherwise they look like a really well put together team. There's Flowers and Garwo, like you said. Uh, Garwo is a second team all ACC player. Flowers uh, could end up in the NFL soon. BC's first wide receiver NFL prospect since I think probably the 80s. Um, so that's a new feeling for us. But other than that, um, like I said, Dracovic has a special connection with his tight ends. And we recently got a Notre Dame transfer, George Takix, uh, in here. He's a really big-bodied uh, senior guy who's can really grab passes in the short and intermediate game. I know FSU has had some troubles with Notre Dame tight ends before. So uh, Takix is right up that alley, and he may present a problem for FSU's defense. Um, and then otherwise, you got some other guys. Uh, Jalen Gill is a third year at BC after transferring from Ohio State in that crowded wide receiver room. Uh, we have Jaden Williams as well down deep. Uh, we have a pretty deep receiving core and then running backs as well. Garbo's the obvious star, but you guys let you have guys like Alex Broom and Xavier Coleman and a few other guys who can sub in and out. So the offense really has a lot of pieces to make things work if uh, the offensive line can hold up a bit better. But obviously, that's a big question mark. That is that is really disheartening to hear from uh, as a Boston College fan. I think they have to just be uh, beside themselves with having one of their best quarterbacks in years and best receivers and running backs in years. That's that's got to be devastating to see the offensive line just in shambles. Uh, let's flip to the other side, which is probably the strength of this team, and that's the defensive side. Uh, last year, Boston College was one of the top pass defenses in the nation. I think they were in the top five with yards allowed or, or one of those crazy stats like, like that. But they did struggle a little bit against the run, mainly because of injuries up front. Uh, I'm not going to dare try to say the, the defensive lineman's name who got hurt at the beginning of last year before that. They could even even try to uh, to patch that together. But so far this year, how would you compare the defense to, to last year? Is it the same strength, same weakness? Are they are they better against the run? What are your feelings about the defense? 
Yeah, the defense um, is a really consistent unit um, because they've returned almost every single guy they had last year. Uh, they lost uh, their third leading tackler, Isaiah Graham Mobley, as a linebacker, but otherwise they're bringing back pretty much all their starters, including returning the injured the injured player from last season. You mentioned it's Chibweze Anwuka. Yeah, I know that's <laughs> tough to say. So, but um, yeah, there have been. Some real stars, especially in the defensive backfield. Jeff Halfley is a secondary guy, first and foremost. And FSU transfer Jaden Woodby has been a real crucial part of that defense as well, along with cornerback Josh DeBerry. And then in the front seven, that's mostly where their weaknesses lie on defense. Like I said, they're returning a lot of production, but that production last year was just mediocre at best. Um, Donovan Zairaku uh, is returning as well, um, and he's been a real force up the middle uh, run stopper. So this defense is pretty good, and especially with Jordan Travis probably missing the game, um, I think they could hold FSU to a lower amount of points, not really low, uh, because the offense may give them pretty good field position. Uh, but it will be a struggle for FSU to score a bit. But they're going to be on the field a lot, and I expect the Seminoles to break through uh, a bunch of times. So, yeah, there's some things to this consider there. Yeah, um, you, you kind of just set me up for what I kind of want to end on is that uh, FSU enters the game with injuries of their own. Uh, at the time of this recording, again, I have to say a lot of assumes here and expected because FSU's death chart still shows all of these players on it uh, as starting. So uh, we are making kind of some assumptions here that Tate Rodemaker is going to be the quarterback for Florida State. Jordan Travis has been practicing, uh, but uh, not to put the cart in front of the horse. This is a game that there is some confidence on Florida State side. So if they can potentially rest Travis, I think that they're going to. Uh, not saying that maybe he doesn't make an appearance. Uh, defensive tackle, Fabian Lovett missed last game. Uh, there's still a lot of expectations that he'll probably be out another week. And we don't know what's going to happen with Robert Scott or Jared Verse yet. So uh, a lot of big-time names. I mean, Louisville was just a, a, a nightmare when it came to injuries last week. Do you feel that Boston College is healthy enough to take advantage of these injuries and pull out a win Saturday night? Or have you just kind of given up all hope on the Florida <laughs> State game? Uh, well, BC is definitely a healthy team outside of the offensive line. There are really no major injuries to report. So through and through, this team should be a pretty formidable team at Boston College. But yeah, that offensive line is a problem. I think the key to uh, a BC win uh, would have to be having a big defensive day on with the front seven, because I know FSU has a very strong backfield and BC's weakness has generally been their running defense. So it's going to be a struggle there for BC, but if they're able to keep the running game a bit tied down, uh, they should have a good day because that pass defense is very strong for BC. And then on the offensive side of the ball, you're just going to need big plays a uh, to make some big plays. Uh, because the running game is not going to get going. So Phil's going to have to throw to his guys and get big chunk yardage in the passing game from Zay Flowers, George Tackett, and others. And that's winning the turnover battle and all that other stuff. It's all going to have to go BC's way to even have a shot at this game. I'm not super confident, but I wouldn't count them completely out. Right. That, that makes sense. Boston College has the weapons. Uh, to me... I think this game really comes down to the quarterback play from Florida State. If Rodemaker comes out there and plays similarly to how he did in the second half against Louisville, I think Florida State can win this game by multiple scores. 
However, if he kind of reverts back to the fear uh, that everybody has that, that he can be and has shown at times, this could be a really tight one and, and could be a, 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 an unfortunate speed bump in Florida State's really good season. And I don't know if, if they get behind with Jordan Travis enters the game. I'm not positive. Uh, I think that may be a possibility. But I, I think, and this is, again, an assumption, I, I, I think they're going to try to keep Travis out if at all possible. So, yeah. well, well uh, I'd, just ahead. to add, um, I'd have to agree there. I think um, BC is going to want to keep it a running game uh, because if FSU is running the ball and not passing the ball because Rodemaker can't do it or whatever the reason may be, it's low scoring. And, you know, BC's offense is probably going to be low scoring. So that's the number one thing. Don't let FSU pass the ball. It kind of reminds me of the early or like, I guess, mid 2000 games when when Boston College had a pretty good offense, whether it was Matt Ryan or the, the guy before Matt Ryan. I can't think of at this point, but uh, where it was just defensive slugfest and just awful weather. And, you know, a defensive score really made the difference at a, at a key moment. So it could definitely be one of those games. I'm hoping not. I'm hoping that I don't have to worry about any heart conditions coming this Saturday night and Florida State can win easily. Well, Curtis, before I let you go, first off, thanks so much for, for jumping on here and just kind of giving us a breakdown of the game and, and what to expect from Boston College. But I like to always end the show with kind of a choose-your-own-adventure type question. So I'm going to give you three categories to pick from, Curtis. You tell me what you want to talk about here. Uh, do you want to talk about professional wrestling? Uh, do you want to talk about TV shows or streaming? Or do you want to talk about the Boston Red Sox? Uh, what what would you like to talk about? I mean, we, I'm on the BC preview podcast. We can't not talk about the Boston Red Sox, right? Yeah. Uh, should the Boston Red Sox extend Xander Bogarts? Uh, I go back and forth on this. I think they should extend him. Um, if they can't, I mean, the free agents just aren't coming. You can always find guys like Trevor Story out there, but the homegrown guys are the Red Sox is bread and butter. They didn't sign Mookie Betts. And even though the deals are huge, the Red Sox have the money. They just refuse to spend. So if you can get an anchor guy like Bogarts and Devers for the next decade, um, that's a real way to build a winning championship team. Would you sign Aaron Judge to a monster contract? A hundred percent. That's not even (laughs) a question. It's not going to happen. The Yankees won't let it happen. They will uh, if the Red Sox offer him a monster contract, the Yankees will offer him that contract plus a million dollars. But uh, it's a nice it's a nice dream to have that Aaron Judge might switch sides, maybe do the reverse Babe Ruth. Yeah, I uh, I'm a pretty avid reader of the uh, Sons of Sam Horn message board with the Red Sox. Uh, and, and that's been a, a very popular question over there. Uh, should the Red Sox sign Aaron Judge? And I'm like way on board with that. I don't care if they sign him for 10 years. And those last two years that he's he's basically crippled out there on the field and, you know, not doing anything. I'll, I'll still take it. I'll still take Aaron Judge and get those monster years from him. I, I've been a Boston Red Sox fan ever since the Tim Wakefield days. I used to live in Florida and uh, everybody was a Braves fan down there. I decided to be a Pirates fan and followed Tim Wakefield up to the Red Sox. So uh, that's how I ended up being a Red Sox fan in the middle of Kentucky. So uh, odd, <laughs> odd story there. Well, Curtis, take a moment. Tell me uh, wherever, tell everybody where they can find you. Tell us about your site before you get out of here. 
Sure. Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Curtis Flannery, and then I write, I'm the football editor for BC Interruption, which is the SB Nation site for Boston College. You can find me there every week doing not only BC game previews, I just wrote BC FSU, the game preview, but doing ACC power rankings and coverage for lots of ACC football. So bcinterruption.com or BC Interruption on Twitter. Well, Curtis, thanks so much for jumping on. Uh, I, I hope that Boston College doesn't lose any more offensive linemen. And then after Florida State, they have an amazing rest of the year. Thank you. Uh, likewise, I hope FSU uh, continues their hot streak. Awesome. Curtis, we'll catch you online. And thanks very much for jumping on, man. Yeah, thanks so much. Glad to be well, here. Well, for Tomahawk Nation and for BC Interruption, this has been the Line of Scrimmage podcast. Thanks so much for jumping on. And we will catch you next week.